Chapter 9 of The Holy War. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joy Chan. The Holy War by John Bunyan. Chapter 9. Now, when Mr. Trueman, the jailer, perceived that he had lost his prisoner, he was in a heavy taking, because that prisoner was, to speak on, the very worst of all the gang. Wherefore first he goes and acquaints my Lord Mayor, Mr. Recorder, and my Lord Wilbywill with the matter, and to get of them an order to make search for him throughout the town of Mansoul. So an order he got and search was made, but no such man could now be found in all the town of Mansoul. All that could be gathered was that he had lurked a while about the outside of the town, and that here and there one or other had a glimpse of him as he did make his escape out of Mansoul. One or two also did affirm that they saw him, without the town, going apace quite over the plain. Now when he was quite gone it was affirmed by one Mr. Didsey that he ranged all over dry places till he met with Diabolus, his friend. And where should they meet one another but just upon Hellgate Hill? But, oh, what a lamentable story did the old gentleman tell to Diabolus, concerning what sad alteration Emmanuel had made in Mansoul. At first, how Mansoul had, after some delays, received a general pardon at the hands of Emmanuel, and that they had invited him into the town, and that they had given him the castle for his possession. He said, moreover, that they had called his soldiers into the town, coveted who should quarter the most of them. They also entertained him with the timbrel, song, and dance. But that, said incredulity, which is the sorest vexation to me, is that he hath pulled down, father, thy image, and set up his own, pulled down thy officers, and set up his own. Yea, and will be will, that rebel who, one would have thought, should never have turned from us, he is now in as great favour with Emmanuel as ever he was with thee. But besides all this, this will be will has received a special commission from his master to search for, to apprehend, and to put to death all, and all manner of Diabolonians that he shall find in Mansoul. Yea, and this will-be-will has taken and committed to prison already eight of my lord's most trusty friends in Mansoul. Nay, further, my lord, with grief I speak it, they have been all arraigned, condemned, and, I doubt, before this executed in Mansoul. I told my lord of eight, and myself was the ninth, who should assuredly have drunk of the same cup, but that through craft I, as thou seest, have made mine escape from them. When Diabolus had heard this lamentable story, he yelled and snuffed up the wind like a dragon, and made the sky to look dark with his roaring. He also swore that he would try to be revenged on Mansoul for this. So they, both he and his old friend Incredulity, concluded to enter into great consultation how they might get the town of Mansoul again. Now before this time the day was come in which the prisoners in Mansoul were to be executed, so they were brought to the cross, and that by Mansoul in most solemn manner. For the prince said that this should be done by the hand of the town of Mansoul, that I may see, said he, the forwardness of my now redeemed Mansoul to keep my word, and to do my commandments, and that I may bless Mansoul in doing this deed. Proof of sincerity pleases me well. Let Mansoul, therefore, first lay their hands upon these Diabolonians to destroy them. So the town of Mansoul slew them, according to the word of their prince. But when the prisoners were brought to the cross to die, 
"'You can hardly believe what troublesome work Mansoul had of it "'to put the Babylonians to death. "'For the men, knowing that they must die, "'and every of them having implacable enmity in their hearts to Mansoul, "'what did they but took courage at the cross, "'and there resisted the men of the town of Mansoul? "'Wherefore the men of Mansoul were forced to cry out for help "'to the captains and men of war.' Now the great Shaddai had a secretary in the town, and he was a great lover of the men of Mansoul, and he was at the place of execution also. So he, hearing the men of Mansoul cry out against the strugglings and unruliness of the prisoners, rose up from his place, and came and put his hands upon the hands of the men of Mansoul. So they crucified the Dibylonians that had been a plague, a grief, and an offence to the town of Mansoul. Now, when this good work was done, the prince came down to see, to visit, and to speak comfortably to the men of Mansoul, and to strengthen their hands in such work. And he said to them that, by this act of theirs, he had proved them, and found them to be lovers of his person, observers of his laws, and such as had also respect to his honour. He said, moreover, to show them that they by this should not be losers, nor their town weakened by the loss of them that he would make them another captain, and that of one of themselves, and that this captain should be the ruler of a thousand, for the good and benefit of the now flourishing town of Mansoul. So he called one to him whose name was Waiting, and bid him, Go quickly up to the castle gate, and inquire there for one Mr. Experience, that waiteth upon that noble captain, the Captain Credence, and bid him come hither to me. So the messenger that waited upon the good Prince Emmanuel went and said as he was commanded. Now the young gentleman was waiting to see the captain train and muster his men in the castle yard. Then said Mr. Waiting to him, Sir, the Prince would that you should come down to his highness forthwith. So he brought him down to Emmanuel, and he came and made obeisance before him. Now the men of the town knew Mr. Experience well, for he was torn and bred in man's soul. They also knew him to be a man of conduct, of valour, and a person prudent in matters. He was also a comely person, well-spoken and very successful in his undertakings. Wherefore the hearts of the townsmen were transported with joy, when they saw that the prince himself was so taken with Mr. Experience, that he would needs make him a captain over a band of men. So with one consent they bowed the knee before Emmanuel, and with a shout said, "'Let Emmanuel live for ever!' Then said the prince to the young gentleman, whose name was Mr. Experience, I have thought good to confer upon thee a place of trust and honour in this my town of Mansoul. Then the young man bowed his head and worshipped. It is, said Emmanuel, that thou shouldst be a captain, a captain over a thousand men in my beloved town of Mansoul. Then said the captain, Let the king live. So the prince gave out orders forthwith to the king's secretary that he should draw up for Mr. Experience a commission to make him a captain over a thousand men. And let it be brought to me, said he, that I may set to my seal. So it was done as it was commanded. The commission was drawn up, brought to Emmanuel, and he set his seal thereto. Then by the hand of Mr. Waiting he sent it away to the captain. Now so soon as the captain had received his commission, he sounded his trumpet for volunteers, and young men came to him apace. Yea, the greatest and chief men in the town sent their sons to be listed under his command. Thus Captain Experience came under command to Emmanuel, for the good of the town of Mansoul. 
he had for his lieutenant one Mr. Skilful, and for his cornet one Mr. Memory. His under-officers I need not name. His colours were the white colours for the town of Mansoul, and his scutcheon was the dead lion and dead bear. So the prince returned to his royal palace again. Now when he was returned thither, the elders of the town of Mansoul, to wit the Lord Mayor, the Recorder, and the Lord Wilbywill, went to congratulate him, and in special way to thank him for his love, care, and the tender compassion which he showed to his ever-obliged town of Mansoul. So after a while and some sweet communion between them, the townsmen, having solemnly ended their ceremony, returned to their place again. Emmanuel also at this time appointed them a day wherein he would renew their charter, yea, wherein he would renew and enlarge it, mending several faults therein, that Mansoul's yoke might be yet more easy. And this he did without any desire of theirs, even of his own frankness and noble mind. So when he had sent for and seen their old one, he laid it by and said, now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. He said, moreover, The town of Mansoul shall have another, a better, a new one, more steady and firm by far. An epitome hereof take as follows. Emmanuel, Prince of Peace, and a great lover of the town of Mansoul, I do in the name of my father and of my own clemency give, grant, and bequeath to my beloved town of Mansoul, first, free, full, and everlasting forgiveness of all wrongs, injuries, and offences done by them against my father, me, their neighbour, or themselves. Second, I do give them the holy law and my testament, with all that therein is contained for their everlasting comfort and consolation. Third, I do also give them a portion of the self-same grace and goodness that dwells in my father's heart and mine. Fourth, I do give, grant, and bestow upon them freely the world and what is therein, for their good, and they shall have that power over them as shall stand with the honour of my Father, my glory, and their comfort. Yea, I grant them the benefit of life and death, and of things present and things to come. This privilege no other city, town, or corporation shall have, but my man's soul only. Fifth, I do give and grant them leave and free access to me in my palace, at all seasons, to my palace above or below, there to make known their wants to me, and I give them moreover a promise that I will hear and redress all their grievances. Sixth, I do give, grant to, and invest the town of Mansoul with full power and authority to seek out, take, enslave and destroy all and all manner of Diabolonians that at any time, from whencesoever, shall be found straggling in or about the town of Mansoul. Seventh, I do further grant to my beloved town of Mansoul that they shall have authority not to suffer any foreigner or stranger or their seed to be free in and of the blessed town of Mansoul, nor to share in the excellent privileges thereof, but that all the grants, privileges, and immunities that I bestow upon the famous town of Mansoul shall be for those the old natives, the true inhabitants thereof, to them I say, and to their right seed after them. But all Diabolonians, of what sort, birth, country, or kingdom soever, shall be debarred a share therein. So when the town of Mansoul had received at the hand of Emmanuel their gracious charter, which in itself is infinitely more large than by this lean epitome is set before you, they carried it to audience, that is, to the market-place, and there Mr. Recorder read it in the presence of all the people. 
This being done, it was had back to the castle gates, and there fairly engraven upon the doors thereof, and laid in letters of gold, to the end that the town of Mansoul, with all the people thereof, might have it always in their view, or might go where they might see what a blessed freedom their prince had bestowed upon them, that their joy might be increased in themselves, and their love renewed to their great and good Emmanuel. But what joy, what comfort, what consolation, think you, did now possess the hearts of the men of Mansoul? The bells rung, the minstrels played, the people danced, the captains shouted, the colours waved in the wind, and the silver trumpet sounded, and the Diabolonians now were glad to hide their heads, for they looked like them that had been long dead. When this was over, the prince sent again for the elders of the town of Mansoul, and communed with them about a ministry that he intended to establish among them such a ministry that might open unto them, and that might instruct them in the things that did concern their present and future state. For, said he, you of yourselves, unless you have teachers and guides, will not be able to know, and if not to know, to be sure not to do the will of my father. At this news, when the elders of Mansoul brought it to the people, the whole town came running together, for it pleased them well, as whatever the prince now did please the people and all with one consent implored his majesty that he would forthwith establish such a ministry among them as might teach them both law and judgment, statute and commandment, that they might be documented in all good and wholesome things. So he told them that he would grant them their requests, and would establish two among them, one that was of his father's court, and one that was a native of Mansoul. He that is from the court, said he, is a person of no less quality and dignity than my father and I, and he is the Lord Chief Secretary of my father's house, for he is, and always has been, the chief dictator of all my father's laws, a person altogether well skilled in all mysteries, and knowledge of mysteries, as is my father, or as myself is. Indeed, he is one with us in nature, and also as to loving of, and being faithful to, and in the eternal concerns of the town of Mansoul. And this is he, said the prince, that must be your chief teacher, for it is he and he only that can teach you clearly in all high and supernatural things. He and he only it is that knows the ways and methods of my father at court, nor can any like him show how the heart of my father is at all times, in all things, upon all occasions, towards man's soul. For as no man knows the things of a man but that spirit of a man which is in him, so the things of my father knows no man but this his high and mighty secretary. Nor can any, as he, tell Mansoul how and what they shall do to keep themselves in the love of my father. He also it is that can bring lost things to your remembrance, and that can tell you the things to come. This teacher, therefore, must of necessity have the preeminence, both in your affections and judgment, before your other teacher. His personal dignity the excellency of his teaching, also the great dexterity that he hath to help you to make and draw up petitions to my father for your help, and to his pleasing, must lay obligations upon you to love him, fear him, and to take heed that you grieve him not. This person can put life and vigour into all he says, yea, and can also put it into your heart. This person can make seers of you, and can make you tell what shall be hereafter. By this person you must frame all your petitions to my father and me, and without his advice and counsel first obtained, let nothing enter into the town or castle of Mansoul, for that may disgust and grieve this noble person. Take heed, I say, that you do not grieve this minister, 
for if you do, he may fight against you, and should he once be moved by you to set himself against you in battle array, that will distress you more than if twelve legions should from my father's court be sent to make war upon you. But as I said, if you shall hearken unto him, and shall love him, if you shall devote yourselves to his teaching, and shall seek to have converse, and to maintain communion with him, you shall find him ten times better than is the whole world to any. Yea, he will shed abroad the love of my father in your hearts, and man's soul will be the wisest and most blessed of all people. Then did the prince call unto him the old gentleman, who before had been the recorder of man's soul, Mr. Conscience by name, and told him, that forasmuch as he was well skilled in the law and government of the town of Mansoul, and was also well spoken, and could pertinently deliver to them his master's will in all terrene and domestic matters, therefore he would also make him a minister for, in, and to the goodly town of Mansoul, in all the laws, statutes, and judgments of the famous town of Mansoul. And thou must, said the prince, confine thyself to the teaching of moral virtues, to civil and natural duties, but thou must not attempt to presume to be a revealer of those high and supernatural mysteries that are kept close in the bosom of Shaddai my father. For those things knows no man, nor can any reveal them but my father's secretary only. Thou art a native of the town of Mansoul, but the Lord's secretary is a native with my father. Wherefore, as thou hast knowledge of the laws and customs of the corporation, so he of the things and will of my father. Wherefore, O Mr. Conscience, Although I have made thee a minister and a preacher to the town of Mansoul, yet as to the things which the Lord's secretary knoweth and shall teach to this people, there thou must be his scholar and a learner, even as the rest of Mansoul are. Thou must therefore in all high and supernatural things go to him for information and knowledge, for though there be a spirit in man, this person's inspiration must give him understanding. Wherefore, O thou, Mr. Recorder, keep low and be humble, and remember that the Diabolonians that kept not their first charge, but left their own standing, are now made prisoners in the pit. Be therefore content with thy station. I have made thee my father's vice-regent on earth, in such things of which I have made mention before. And thou, take thou power to teach them to Mansoul, yea, and to impose them with whips and chastisements, if they shall not willingly hearken to thy commandments. And Mr. Recorder, because thou art old, and through many abuses made feeble. Therefore I give thee leave and license to go when thou wilt to my fountain, my conduit, and there to drink freely of the blood of my grape, for my conduit doth always run wine. Thus doing thou shalt drive from thy heart and stomach all foul, gross, and hurtful humours. It will also lighten thine eyes, and will strengthen thy memory for the reception and keeping of all that the king's most noble secretary teacheth. When the prince had thus put Mr. Recorder, that once so was, into the place and office of a minister to Mansoul, and the man had thankfully accepted thereof, then did Emmanuel address himself in a particular speech to the townsmen themselves. Behold, said the prince to Mansoul, my love and care towards you. I have added to all that has passed this mercy to appoint you preachers, the most noble secretary to teach you in all high and sublime mysteries, and this gentleman, pointing to Mr. Conscience, is to teach you in all things human and domestic, for therein lieth his work. He is not, by what I have said, debarred of telling to man's soul anything that he hath heard and received at the mouth of the Lord High Secretary. 
only he shall not attempt to presume to pretend to be a revealer of those high mysteries himself, for the breaking of them up, and the discovery of them to Mansoul, lieth only in the power, authority, and skill of the Lord High Secretary himself. Talk of them he may, and so may the rest of the town of Mansoul, yea, and may, as occasion gives them opportunity, press them upon each other for the benefit of the whole. These things, therefore, I would have you observe and do, for it is for your life and the lengthening of your days. And one thing more to my beloved Mr. Recorder, and to all the town of Mansoul, you must not dwell in, nor stay upon, anything of that which he hath in commission to teach you, as to your trust and expectation of the next world. Of the next world, I say, for I purpose to give another to man's soul, when this with them is worn out. For that you must wholly and solely have recourse to, and make stay upon his doctrine that is your teacher after the first order. Yea, Mr. Recorder himself must not look for life from that which he himself revealeth, his dependence for that must be founded in the doctrine of the other preacher. Let Mr. Recorder also take heed that he receive not any doctrine, or point of doctrine, that is not communicated to him by his superior teacher, nor yet within the precincts of his own formal knowledge. Now, after the prince had thus settled things in the famous town of Mansoul, he proceeded to give to the elders of the corporation a necessary caution, to wit, how they should carry it to the high and noble captains that he had, from his father's court, sent or brought with him to the famous town of Mansoul. These captains, said he, do love the town of Mansoul, and they are picked men, picked out of abundance, as men that best suit, and that will most faithfully serve in the wars of Shaddai against the Dibylonians, for the preservation of the town of Mansoul. I charge you, therefore, said he, O ye inhabitants of the now flourishing town of Mansoul, that you carry it not ruggedly or untowardly to my captains or their men, since, as I said, they are picked and choice men, men chosen out of many for the good of the town of Mansoul. I say, I charge you, that you carry it not untowardly to them, for though they have the hearts and faces of lions, when at any time they shall be called forth to engage and fight with the king's foes and the enemies of the town of Mansoul, Yet a little discountenance cast upon them from the town of Mansoul will deject and cast down their faces, will weaken and take away their courage. Do not, therefore, O my beloved, carry it unkindly to my valiant captains and courageous men of war, but love them, nourish them, succour them, and lay them in your bosoms, and they will not only fight for you, but cause to fly from you all those the Dibylonians that seek, and will, if possible, be your utter destruction." If, therefore, any of them should at any time be sick or weak, and so not able to perform that office of love, which, with all their hearts they are willing to do, and will do also when well and in health, slight them not, nor despise them, but rather strengthen them and encourage them, though weak and ready to die, for they are your fence and your guard, your wall, your gates, your locks and your bars, and although when they are weak they can do but little, but rather need to be helped by you, than that you should then expect great things from them. Yet, when well, you know what exploits, what feats and warlike achievements they are able to do, and will perform for you. Besides, if they be weak, the town of Mansoul cannot be strong. If they be strong, then Mansoul cannot be weak. Your safety, therefore, doth lie in their health, and in your countenancing them. Remember also that if they be sick, they catch that disease of the town of Mansoul itself. 
These things I have said unto you, because I love your welfare and your honour. Observe, therefore, O my man-soul, to be punctual in all things that I have given in charge unto you, and that not only is a town corporate, and so to your officers and guard and guides-in-chief, but to you, as you are a people whose well-being, as single persons, depends on the observation of the orders and commandments of their Lord. Next, O my man-soul, I do warn you of that of which, notwithstanding that reformation that at present is wrought among you, you have need to be warned about. Wherefore hearken diligently unto me. I am now sure, and you will know hereafter, that there are yet of the Diabolonians remaining in the town of Mansoul, Diabolonians that are sturdy and implacable, and that do already while I am with you, and that will yet more when I am from you, study, plot, contrive, invent, and jointly attempt to bring you to desolation, and so to a state far worse than that of the Egyptian bondage. They are the avowed friends of Diabolus. Therefore look about you. They used heretofore to lodge with their prince in the castle, when incredulity was the lord mayor of this town. But since my coming hither, they lie more in the outsides and walls, and have made themselves dens and caves and holes, and strongholds therein. Wherefore, O Mansoul, thy work as to this will be so much the more difficult and hard, that is, to take, mortify, and put them to death, according to the will of my father. Nor can you utterly rid yourselves of them, unless you should pull down the walls of your town, the which I am by no means willing you should. Do you ask me, what shall we do then? Why, be you diligent and quit you like men, observe their holes, find out their haunts, assault them and make no peace with them. Wherever they haunt, lurk or abide, and what terms of peace soever they offer you, abhor, and all shall be well betwixt you and me, and that you may the better know them from those that are the natives of Mansoul, I will give you the brief schedule of the names of the chief of them, and they are these that follow. The Lord Fornication, the Lord Adultery, the Lord Murder, the Lord Anger, the Lord Lasciviousness, the Lord Deceit, the Lord Evil Eye, Mr. Drunkenness, Mr. Revelling, Mr. Idolatry, Mr. Witchcraft, Mr. Variance, Mr. Emulation, Mr. Wrath, Mr. Strife, Mr. Sedition, and Mr. Heresy. These are some of the chief, O Mansoul, of those that will seek to overthrow thee for ever. These, I say, are the skulkers in Mansoul. But look thou well unto the law of thy king, and there thou shalt find their physiognomy, and such other characteristical notes of them, by which they certainly may be known. These, O my Mansoul, and I would gladly that you should certainly know it, if they be suffered to run and range about the town as they would, will quickly, like vipers, eat out your bowels. Yea, poison your captains, cut the sinews of your shoulders, break the bars and bolts of your gates, and turn your now most flourishing man's soul into a barren and desolate wilderness and ruinous heap. Wherefore, that you may take courage to yourselves to apprehend these villains wherever you find them, I give to you, my Lord Mayor, the Lord Wilbywill and Mr. Recorder, with all the inhabitants of the town of Mansoul, full power and commission to seek out, to take, and to cause to be put to death by the cross, all and all manner of Diabolonians, when and wherever you shall find them to lurk within, or to range without the walls of the town of Mansoul. I told you before that I had placed a standing ministry among you, not that you have but these with you, for my first four captains who came against the master 
and lord of the Dibylonians that was in man's soul. They can, and if need be, and if they be required, will not only privately inform, but publicly preach to the corporation both good and wholesome doctrine, and such as shall lead you in the way. Yea, they will set up a weekly, yea, if need be, a daily lecture in thee, O man's soul, and will instruct thee in such profitable lessons, that, if heeded, will do thee good at the end. And take good heed that you spare not the men that you have a commission to take and crucify. Now, as I have set before your eyes the vagrants and runagates by name, so I will tell you that among yourselves some of them shall creep in to beguile you, even such as would seem, and that in appearance are, very rife and hot for religion. And they, if you watch not, will do you a mischief, such an one as at present you cannot think of. These, as I said, will show themselves to you in another hue than those under description before. Wherefore, Mansoul, watch and be sober, and suffer not thyself to be betrayed. End of chapter 9